What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another segment of Fanalyze. We have a very special guest here, Joe from Joe Morley Sports. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, Lewis. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I've, I've listened to your podcast a lot. Great stuff. You guys be sure to check them out. Uh, we're here to discuss Miles Garrett, first and foremost. You just did a podcast on this. Um, this is our first order of business. Now, I, I can tell from what you've said and from me being a Browns fan, this could get ugly. So let's just, first and foremost, let's find some common ground. Can you agree with me that based on skill alone, Miles Garrett is worth the money? Based on skill alone, he's worth you could you could justify uh, giving him that kind of money, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Top five defensive end, you'd say. Yeah, he. I mean, the potential that he that that he has shown in, in just the short amount of time that he's played, what, thirty-seven games? Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like what you said about him. You mentioned he had Hall of Fame potential. I like what you were saying. Now we have to get into the ugly stuff. So. Yeah. You were saying you had a problem with this contract because of what happened, the incident with Mason Rudolph, incidents beforehand. You want to explain that a little bit? Well, my only issue is there, there's no, there's nothing that justify. I'm trying to figure out how to justify giving him the contract right as of right now. At this point, you know, during the pandemic, uh, we're we're eight months from the incident with, with uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, we haven't started football back up. There hasn't been any drills. There hasn't been anything. Um, so he hasn't been able to prove on a football field that he has changed, that he has, you know, learned from the incident. And he still has two years remaining on his original deal. So it wasn't like and, – and, you know, and Miles Garrett has – from from my knowledge, has never really came out and pushed the issue of, like, I want a new deal or I'm going to sit out. He's never really pushed that issue. So it wasn't like he was, like, you know, waiting for that new deal. I mean, everybody loves their new deal, but it's not like he was pushing that issue at, at this moment. So I don't, that's what I'm trying to justify um, why they had to do it at this time, why, why they did it now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Garrett didn't seem to be, like, pushing the contract idea. But, I mean, contracts, they tend to get higher and higher and higher. Maybe you get him right now. Um, he just came off that huge suspension. Maybe you're able to lower the price, like, price down because of that. But um, the suspension, let's go back to this whole incident. <laughs> I'm going to say something. Mason Rudolph should have been suspended at least three games. What do you think about that? Yeah, and I, I've said this in my podcast. I think that's where the NFL uh, screwed up the most. Uh, you know, they, they suspended a lot of players, but they didn't suspend one of the main guys involved. And, and yeah, he should, they find them, but really he, he, he started the whole incident and, gra you know, grabbing, he grabbed the face mask as well. So he's just as guilty as everybody else involved. And not to not spend one game. Um, at least one game, you know, suspension. That, that's that's that was weird to me. So I I never understood why the NFL never got Rudolph uh, a suspension. I never understood that. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, to me, it's just another example of the NFL doing everything they can for the quarterbacks and saying screw everybody else. I mean, that, seriously, Mason Rudolph he grabbed Miles Garrett's helmet. There's no doubt about that. He started this whole thing. He should be suspended at least three games. You can say what you want, but. He said the N-word. I completely agree with Miles Garrett there. 
I, I believe him. I mean, just looking at the guy, I mean, come on. He, he looks just kind of like a scumbag that, oh, my dad's a lawyer. He'll go get you. I mean, just, you know, he just seems like that scumbag type. I don't like him. I know he said that. I mean, what, what's your opinion on that? I know, I know that's the, the big issue and that's the big topic. And, you know, I don't doubt it. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen on a football field that a lot of fans don't realize. And to be called that name, um, I, I would expect him to react that way. Um, but it's just weird to me. I mean, I'm not downplaying uh, the racial card or anything like that. I'm not, it's, it's nothing like that. But my, it's just weird to me that he, it was never brought up by teammates or Miles Garrett himself until after the, the suspension and after the outrage was brought up. Um, and then even Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, would come out and defend um, Mason Rudolph himself. So I think it would have been a bigger issue if it really was that. And, and maybe, hey, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he did hear it. Maybe it wasn't even Rudolph that said it. Maybe it came from somewhere else. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not, it's not uncommon for, for people to use that word or any other word, derogatory words on the field. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's thrown out there a lot more than just one incident that we're hearing about. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right there. Like, it, it probably gets used a lot more than we would like to think. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, Betsy said Miles Garrett didn't really, like, bring it up after. I have to think, though, did you hear any interviews, like, afterwards? Because I, I definitely didn't. I did not hear Miles Garrett speak or be caught in the public eye till like, two days later. And that's where he came out with this. Yeah, I'm not – I don't, I didn't look up the quote. I should have looked up the quote of, of what they were saying right after the game. But I know that was one of the major things of why uh, they did continue to spend, uh, suspend him was because of his, his antics after the game. Uh, basically he didn't even apologize after the game. Like, um, but I, I would have to look it up. I don't, I don't have it with me. And I, and, and unfortunately I didn't look it up before here, but yeah, there was, there was something that came out uh, with him, you know, after the game that people were, especially in the NFL, were still upset with him not taking responsibility for the incident. I mean, I have to agree with you there. And, I mean, look, no <clears throat> no one in their right mind should be defending Garrett here. I mean, Mason Rudolph, he was in the wrong. Miles Garrett, though, should have been suspended for the whole year. The NFL got it right there. But, I mean, do you kind of see the hypocrisy – with Steelers fans being the one that are all, oh, Miles Garrett, how could you? How could you? Steelers fans are the one who backed up Heinz Ward, the dirtiest tight end in the NFL. They were fine with Big Ben signing these huge contracts when he had been accused of rape. They were fine with signing Michael Vick when he was a dog torturer. They were fine. I mean, they didn't come out against James Harrison when there were scandals about him getting paid by Mike Tomlin to put on dirty hicks, not knock out bronze players like Muhammad Masqua. Antonio Brown kicked the Browns puncher in the head. They were fine with that. They made jokes out of it. So, I mean, Steelers fans, they embrace – it's part of their culture to be one of the dirtiest teams in the NFL. That's why I just have almost no sympathy for those fans. I mean, they, they are one of the dirtiest teams out there. So, for them to be coming out, if it's another team, if it's the Bengals, maybe I have a little more respect. I mean, every, every team has their bad guys. Bengals had Vontez Perfect. But the Steelers are consistently one of the dirtiest teams out there, and they're proud of it. So, do you do you see what I'm saying there? Well, I, I'm not part of the rivalry. I'm not a Steeler fan. I'm not. 
I'm not a Browns fan, anything like that, as you could tell. Um, what I see is the outside perspective from it, from the whole incident. I'm not taking into effect any of the history, any of the, anything like that. What I, so for the Steelers to the Steeler fans to be upset and defending what uh, Rudolph did, they should be wrong too. But in the end, the, at the end of the day, nothing justifies a helmet to the head. Nothing. Nothing can justify. You can you could say whatever you want and say whatever, uh, defend him however you want and and switch it, but a helmet to the head is a deadly blow. It could well could become a deadly blow. Uh, we're so a human person is so sensitive on the top of their head that you know a couple inches to the right or left, and, and we could have looked at Mason Rudolph laying on the ground on a football field dead. And, and I mentioned this in my podcast. If it was just fist. I don't think it would have been a big issue. I, it's just normal scrubs on the on this field, and that happens in practice. It happens <laughs> in games. It happens all over the place where it's just push and shove, push and shove, and then we're done with it. But it was the, the whole act of just the, the helmet to the head is what, what takes it over the top. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's dirty, and if you do that off a football field, you're getting arrested. No doubt about it. I mean, it – it's assault it's disgusting but you have to think i have not seen a browns fan defend straight up defend miles garrett i mean i'm I'm sitting here i'm not defending him at all he was in the wrong he should have been suspended absolutely you have to think if it were tj watt doing that just knowing steelers fans i mean would they really come out against him and that's that's kind of what i'm saying here they are just huge hypocrites for this i mean yeah Honestly, if this if this were a Steelers player doing it, do you think Steelers fans would have the same outrage as Browns fans? I'm getting into well, kind of like the fan culture here, but I, well, I'm just wondering. Every, I, I've been learning. <laughs> trust me, I've ever since we've we I've done this Miles Garrett thing. It's been uh, I've been taking a lot of backlash for it, and and I, I you know it's something that I knew once I threw it out there that it was going to come back, and it's not a it, it wasn't surprised to me that. And I expect your fan base to, to uh, you know, to back your own players. And, yeah, if it was a Steeler player that did it, I'm pretty sure that they would be backing, you know, their guy just as, like, the Browns are backing Miles Garrett. And it's – and I don't think it has to do with uh, the team that they're playing or, you know, the team, you know, that they're on or, you know, that they do the incident against. It's just that that's your fan base and, and you, you as a fan – Especially as a as a Browns fan, you have you have fell in love with Miles Garrett. He was the number one pick, and for the last three years, you've seen him grow. And so, for him, it is an out of character, you know, um, incident. Uh, that one, and that's and that's what I get from a lot of Browns fans. It's an out of character experience one time, and that's the way that they've been explaining the incident and that's why I did the whole podcast is because I wanted to break it down just a little bit to show that look it might not it yes the helmet incident was one time but the dirty plays weren't one time so and, and Miles Garrett's a young guy young young player and he has a lot to learn and and I'm not saying and, and like we said at the beginning of the show it's tremendous tremendous talent so I could see backing him and I could see if it was TJ Watt on the opposite side of course they'll be backing him because of how tremendous talent he is um, but the question is if it wasn't Miles Garrett if it wasn't Miles Garrett on the Browns and it was just some scrub you know it was just 
some average person on that team, would he still be a Brown? Oh, no way. And no way. I mean, I, I'm willing to say that. It, it's Miles Garrett. It was the first overall draft pick. He has the potential to be one of the greatest defensive ends the game has ever seen. I mean, no, no way. If it's some scrub third stringer there, his ass is off the team two minutes after the game. I mean, no, no doubt about that. See, yeah, that's I, the, I absolutely agree there. Yeah, that, that's the only point that I'm, I was trying to put, put out with this podcast and with um, – with defending, or I'm not, I'm not even defending it, but with the whole incident, because I call it a black eye on the sport. Because if you remember that night, it was a Thursday night, and if you remember, they talked about that for weeks, and and it was every day. You turned to Miles Garrett or you know Mason Rudolph, this Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, they're playing again in two weeks or whatever it was, and it, I mean it got people talking about the NFL, but it was just. Uh, horrible people that don't even watch the NFL and that's the only play they watch because it's on the news at night the 11 o'clock news or whatever time they watch the news that didn't look good and and that's the only thing that I was trying to justify is and I don't and it it sounds weird because somebody goes well if you're okay with Miles Garrett getting paid right now or getting paid that contract at some point it would have came at any time well yeah that's a different story it, but it came eight months after the incident in an off season where he's never played a game where I, I would be more comfortable with him signing this deal six months or six weeks into the season showing that he had no other incidents at least for six weeks than you know just taking his word that he that he uh, has changed I mean I, I hear what you're saying 100 percent and also it killed the Browns season I mean the Browns defense could not stop the run from there on out he did not get as many sacks from there on out so it, it really killed their season. And if you remember, that was a huge win for the Browns. It was the first time that they had beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the same year since like 95 or something. So it took that historical event, great day for Browns fans. And in the last, there's like 15 seconds left in the game, just a stupid play. I mean, he, he completely ruined it for everybody else. But I also want to go back to, you mentioned he had a dirty past. And a couple things about that. Number one, defensive end in football. I mean, you're going to get a little dirty from here and there. It just happens. It's kind of like that dirty, mean guy, tough guy. There's no nice guy, Andrew Andrew Lux there. I mean, it's just how it is. And also, you have to think of how the NFL has changed. He got a ton of roughing the passer calls this year. I remember the Jets, there were like three called on him. You have to think. If Ray Lewis was in this league, we think of him as like a hero, one of the best linebackers in the game. If he were in the league today, oh, he'd be suspended left and right. He'd be fined all the time. You'd have 10 penalties on him each game. So, I mean, that that's kind of like my justification there. They're not necessarily dirty hits, or they would they definitely wouldn't have been 10 years ago. It's just like the rule is changing there. So I do think this was kind of that one incident where and hopefully he learns from it. I do think this was one out of the blue incident. See, and you could you could say that, and I understand where you're coming from with the with the um, the pass interference, and 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 you're putting the players in in a bad situation by making them try to slow down. It's always a horrible thing. But I mean, his week one incident when he socked Delaney Walker. I mean, that's not a, that's not anything to do with the quarterback right there. Week two, it was a late hit on Trevor Simeon, which, okay, I mean, if you want to say that he didn't have time to stop, okay, but that injured the season, and he did get fined for it. There's a lot of other 
Um, there's a lot of other great defensive ends in this league that are going by the same rules that he's a, that he has to abide by, and they're not having these so-called dirty plays or these one-time incidents. I mean, do you hear – you don't hear much about Chandler Jones. Um, you don't hear much about even J.J. Watt. I mean, yeah, they might get their occasional roughing the pass or penalty, but it's nothing that looked real bad in somebody else's eyes. I, you know, they they it was that one – that, that, throw and then boom oh roughing the passer this is like this is like two three seconds after the guy lets the ball go two or three steps after and he's still hitting them and i understand there's there's an adrenaline going for every player and we have to take that into accountability and that's what the nfl never takes into accountability when it comes to these rules for the quarterback like it's so hard to stop to stop your momentum but there is uh, – they have been given a little bit of leeway more and more in, in seeing how many steps you took, where you hit the quarterback, and, and, and when it comes down to the fine. During the game, you might still get the penalty, but when it comes down to the fine and the suspension afterwards, they'll, they'll take into effect everything else. Yeah, I, I agree there. And the NFL, I think they're trying to find that, like, easy medium. It's never going to be perfect with the refs. Um, but, but, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. That Simeon hit – I sort of remember that it was definitely a little late. So Miles Garrett, he was in the wrong there. I just hope at the end of the day, he can learn from this, move on, become a better player, take that contract, use every dollar of it. But um, all right, we're going to move on here. We have a segment called start venture cut. We've done this before. You don't know this yet, but I have three names right here. Quarterbacks. I have, <laughs> let's think all in their prime. And this is going to be a hot take for me. Aaron Rodgers. You got Drew Brees. And you got who most people think is the GOAT, Tom Brady. So start one, bench one, cut one. What are you saying here? All in their prime, huh? Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I can go first if you want. Yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> go, right. go ahead. Give me a little bit of time to think about it. I'll go first. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, has always been one of the most underrated quarterbacks maybe in the history of the NFL. I mean, he has consistently – I'm looking at his stats right now, two years over 10 interceptions. He's been playing for like, what, 15, 16 years or something like that. Two years over 10 interceptions. He's always down there in like five interceptions, four. I mean, always up there at least in the 20s in touchdowns. A huge playmaker, whether it's rolling out to his right, evading an all-out blitz from the Cardinals, chucking a 60-yard pass down the field on the run. One of the greatest playmakers out there. I would call him the second most accurate quarterback uh, in the league right now behind Drew Brees. So I'm going to start him. Uh, for bench, is a tough one. I'm taking Drew Brees, though. Uh, I'm taking Drew Brees, and that's where the hot take comes in. I think Tom Brady might be the most overrated athlete of all time. Tom Brady was set up in a perfect Bill Belichick system, that perfect Patriots system. Um, I mean, his accuracy, it's good. He's got great leadership, obviously. He's clutch, shows up in that in games. When you actually break it down, last year was the first year he didn't have many weapons around him. He didn't have a great offensive line. You know, they lost Gronk. He really only had Edelman, so, and he failed. When you look at his numbers, he was a scrub quarterback last year. It wasn't even average numbers. So that, that's what I'm saying there. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I – I'm a Raider fan. I'm with you. I'm a, I agree that Tom Brady is a, li, a little 
a little overrated in, in the, his whole career. They give him a little bit more credit than he does deserve. I know he has all the Super Bowl rings. I know he's been to all the Super Bowls, but that's a team effort to get there, and that it's a whole system, like you said. Um, and and I was funny because when when you told me that you wanted to go first, I was going to tell you my first person that I was going to bench or that I would cut right away would be uh, Drew Brees, and it would be a very tough cut, but I would have cut him. And so it had been to start – my starters would be between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And it's, it has nothing to do with, like, arm strength or mobility or anything like that. I think it comes down to, um, to what they read. And I think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are better – they read – I mean, it's hard to say that. It's hard to say that they're better. They they read the defense better than Drew Brees, right? But I think I I think I would go with Aaron Rodgers as my starter as well. But I think the only difference would be the the cut part. And I mean, I I don't think you can go wrong with with either one on your bench, right? But but Aaron Rodgers, like you said, he he has really nothing his whole career up in Green Bay, and he's doing it all by himself, and he makes plays that are just, you know, they're just unbelievable. Like, like that Drew Brees and – because Drew Brees and Tom Brady, you know, they do move around. Not Brady's not as mobile as, as the other two, but the Aaron Rodgers, when he moves around and he takes that extra second, gets it, it's just – yeah, that's what puts him over the top of those two. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. I, I wouldn't say he had nothing around him. I mean, this past year, definitely only really Aaron Jones. He had Bakhtiari, a pretty good line, but uh, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Uh, in the past, he's had more like Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. He had Donald Driver a while ago, Greg Jennings. But, uh, yeah, you look at Tom Brady, always, always has an above average at least offensive line. He's always had Julian Edelman. For the most years, he's had Danny Amendola. Most years, he had, he's had Gronk, the best tight end in the league. And match that with possibly the best coach of all time in a great system, everything was lined up for Tom Brady. So, I mean, how are you going to sit here and call him the GOAT when he's never really been challenged? And I'm interested to see this year in Tampa Bay, it's not going to be much of a challenge because that offense is stacked now. But he's going to have to play under a Bruce Arian system which isn't nearly as good as Belichick. So it will be a little challenging for him. But uh, I was interested to hear the uh, Drew Brees cut. But what was that about? I mean, I know it's a tough cut. All three of these players are phenomenal players. But I look at him as the most accurate quarterback in the league. Uh, why did you cut him? Uh, I'm just going by the prime. And I'm thinking the same thing that you that you did. I mean – you know, in his prime, he he was good, but how much of that is 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 making Drew Brees a product of the system? You know what I mean, too, with with Sean Payton. So that's you know, Drew Brees was good in, in San Diego, and, and there's no doubt about it until he got hurt. But there's a reason they drafted Philip Rivers to get rid of him, and then he goes to New Orleans, and he meets up with Sean Payton, and they've been together ever since. And then you know, with the with Sean Payton's mind. Drew Brees has become that player that we are, we all agree on that is you know a top guy, and yeah he has he what does he have the most touchdown passes he has most is he he's up there with yards he broke one of those Peyton Manning records a couple of years ago I think he broke another one this year so I think it was yards that he has that he's number one on but I I could be wrong about that yeah so I 
I mean, there's no doubt he's a good player, but I, I, I think of him more as a, as a Sean Payton system, just like you think of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That, that's why that's why it was such easy pick to put Aaron Rodgers as our first quarterback, and there was just the other two that you and I both had agreed, like, okay, which one are we going to cut? And that, that's, where, that's why I cut Drew Brees, just because, um, one, his size as well, too. <laughs> You know, he's always that. He's always been that shorter quarterback. And no love for the short quarterbacks. He's all. No, I I have little love for him. But if you're gonna have me pick Tom Brady, I'm gonna take Tom Brady over. Him. Yeah, I mean, I get that, and I get what you're saying. I mean, I I never really thought of that. Sean Payton, Saints system. Uh, they had a pretty good offense for pretty much every year he's been there. He's had guys like Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn. So um, yeah, it's kind of stacked up with him as well. Not not as much as Tom Brady, but. I definitely agree there. Um, I, I'm just thinking of the pure accuracy that Drew Brees has. I mean, it's amazing to watch that guy. Never fails to amaze me. So th- that's my justification for not cutting him, for putting him at bench. I mean, they're all really close. Um, yeah. You got anything else to say on that? Well, I know the accuracy you're talking about because the competitions that him and Phillip Rivers would do um, whenever the Saints and the Chargers would get together, it's – yeah, Drew Brees can he can hit a uh, a coke can from fifty yards away and it's perfect. But during the game, I'll take I'll take Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely a tough choice. I could tell by your face that it was just really really tough for you to decide. <laughs> and I mean it is. I challenge you guys at home: start bench or cut. Let us know on whatever social media. But uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode. Joe, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on. It was it was fun. And Brown fans, I just want to put it out there. I don't hate Miles Garrett. Listen to the podcast. Listen to my podcast. I will tell you that how how good of a talent he is. It's just the timing of the contract that I'm ups, the timing of the contract is what upsets me. So that's what I'm I want to get relayed out there. Yes, he is a good young talent and he hopefully does change. And I and I even say it, I hope he does change. So I just want to put that out there before Brown fans. <laughs> start attacking me like they have been and it, it's just it's fun everybody has an opinion and, and, and that's what i push you know it's, it, it's that's my basically my motto it's it, this is my opinion what's yours and i always ask people what's yours and we agree to be wrong or be you know different and that's the fun thing about talking sports yeah definitely check out his podcast he has a great show uh, i have to admit i was one of those bronze fans that was skeptical I was listening to that, not liking everything. It, it wasn't 100% go Browns, go Browns, go Browns. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully Miles Garrett can grow from this. But, yeah, definitely check out his show. Thank you so much for coming on. Hi, right, Louis. Thank you. All right. See you guys.